Are you ready? Can't the New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Burn, very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Don't Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third installment of the Ain't Easy Being Greed podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios and live from Houston, Texas, Michael Agaris in the building. Mike, say hello to everyone. Hello. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining. Yeah, we got a little Skype session going here. Me, Mike. Mike's in Texas. I'm in New York. My name, everybody, is Keith Farrell, if you did not know that already. And there's one topic that has been in all Jet fans' minds now. We're going to get into a little bit of Revis today, a little bit of the training camp battles that are going on, but what has been taking up a lot of space in Jet fans' minds the past four or five days especially is the contract status of our boy Sam Darnold. We wanted him in camp. As we said, he's the golden child. Play the music now, please. All is well. He signed. They figured out the language. How did you feel about it? Were you worried about it? What are your thoughts? Mike, please go. I was worried because, I mean, you're a professional. I'm a professional. I In my day job i'm uh i work in project management i know you work in engineering and uh, you know like if we have a project that's due a deadline you know we make sure that we take the steps that are needed to make sure we make that deadline for our customers or for management okay. and for a franchise like the new york jets one of the most valuable franchises businesses in the world to obtain an asset like sam darnold a quarterback, a player that we have looked for for so many years, and you have three months to sign this guy, and training camp starts, and he's still not signed. Like, what? What, what were you guys doing this whole time? Well, what, what were you? You know, I don't disagree with that, but I think one of the things that bothered me about what went on is the knee-jerk reaction. Not just media types have, Mike, but Jet fans have. When anything negative happens, the knee jerk, oh my God, this is the Jets, and oh, this is what's happening, they're dragging their feet. And I'm not saying, was I in the room? Do I know which side or which side wasn't the reason this happened? No, but I know that the offset language in these contracts, which can be very tricky sometimes, isn't something Mm -hmm. that's new. This isn't something that's foreign to the players or their agents. I know that the Jets have maybe a little bit different language than some other teams, but Baker Mayfield signed his contract with similar wording in it. Maybe not as harsh. It just seems like there's not that much wiggle room anymore with players, so we don't really see these holdouts anymore, Mike. So when the Jets saw it, when the Jet fans saw it, everyone got upset. You get worried. You start getting stressed out when in reality... This is probably more tied into his agent and how he wanted to go forward with that type of wording than it was with the Jets, who for them, it pretty much was just business as usual. Yeah, Uh, Jimmy Sexton, I mean, we already know we have a history dealing with him as he was Ryan Fitzpatrick's agent, and we know how that went, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah, and really, uh, he works for the CAA. Uh, a sports agency, um, and they were really, they were really upset that Baker Mayfield went and signed his contract without that offset language. And so Alex they had as well. And they're, yeah, they're, right. They're both represented by CAA as well. I mean, Sexton didn't negotiate those deals, but they're both represented by the same company. Right. Look, they got it done. Our boys in camp. I was really excited to see that today. I do admit to you that I was taken back by the way some of the 
Jet fans I was seeing on social media calling him Benedict Darnold and all these type of things like relax guys relax I, know, I mean little, I know we were you know we're immediately I mean Jet fans immediately showing the dark evil angry underbelly that we have if, if something doesn't go the way that we want it wasn't like this was a three week knockdown drag out thing Mike every practice counts I understand you only get X amount before you get that first preseason game Mike. But this wasn't going on long enough where I didn't think people should have as much vitriol and anger and animosity and have the memes and things like that as they did. Pretty much what it was based around, Mike, was just the offset language, correct? It, it was about the offset language, and it was also pertaining to default language with the guaranteed money. So, uh, you know, if he had got league discipline or conduct off the field, um, could have uh, jeopardized his guaranteed money, and that was also involved as well. So uh, they there was a give and take there. And uh, both sides got what they want, and act, and the fans got Sam Darnold. And I just couldn't be happier to see him. He was in camp today, uh, and he looked good. It so uh, like Darnold himself was a little anxious or upset with his own agent. Just kind of get this done. Yeah, what he, the hell is the story? Like he wanted to get this moving, which is always a good sign. And I just didn't want him to get a sour taste in his mouth of New York and the way we are and the fans yeah. before we even get going with the kid. You know, let's let's yeah. let's try our best. I mean, well, I mean, we have people listening right now that know they're not a good guy, but at least on a first or second date, they try. They open a door for a girl. They probably buy dinner that first time. <laughs> you know, you give it a shot for a little while at least. Come on, Jeff. Man. Let's pretend. I'm, I'm let's telling you, man. Like I'm telling you, as Jet fans, like we feel like you know how you you know you've been waiting to eat that 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 great uh, uh, five star eat at that five star restaurant and have that great steak and lobster dinner, and you sit down and they're just giving you peanuts and they're like, hey, uh, you know, we got some issues out in the kitchen, you know, and we're just sitting there like, come on, can I get a bite or what? And you know, Mike, we since the the collective the most recent collective bargaining agreement, this is the highest draft pick that we've had. So this is really the only time we've been in this type of situation uh, with someone who made that type of money. I think he's guaranteed about thirty million dollars or something like that. So, this dude, what- in in the past ten years or what ten drafts, only one player in the top five ever had offset language or any of this happened. That was Cedric Benson. Not even Jamarcus Russell. Nobody picked him up after he was cut. Scrub. <laughs> yeah, Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell, especially especially to our buddy out there named Dan Scampoli. If you happen to go ahead and click play. Jamarcus Russell was. That's as big a nothing burger as you can ever get. Not as big as Hackenberg, but let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have it. We got him back in the mix. So that's wonderful. That's settled. Uh, and mo- yep. another, another Jet news this week. And so far as a former Jet, probably, I don't know. You could arguably say he's the best Jet of all time that ever played is Darrell Revis, Mike. I, we went over our best top draft picks last week, and I left him off, and I left him off of mine because what he did with the money he made, I mean, this guy, you got to tip his hat for the, the business prowess that he had. He made $124 million in earnings. I mean, that's like what NBA players God make respect. over there. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I was a little bit salty to how he treated us in regards to you know manipulating his contracts and then going to win a championship with the with the Patriots of all teams really dig but he is I'll admit and I think you agree to the best jet I have ever seen yeah I mean to, to my, Curtis Martin and and Darrell Rebus to me are the best jets I've seen in consistency and level of play and also there was that one isolated incident off the field, which was proven Darrell Reeves wasn't even involved. He was just the wrong place at the wrong time, the fight that happened. I've only seen those two guys operate off the field with a lot of class also, which is why I like them both so much when they were on the Jets, Mike. And I know that Reeves held out, did it a bunch of times, but 
NFL players are put in a unique situation when it comes to contracts as opposed to other leagues and other all the other leagues, Mike, where all the money's guaranteed. When you're someone that knows what your worth is and you're not getting paid it, sometimes if you got to hold out to get it, it is what it is. And he did it, and no, he'd always go on the field and he'd play hard and, and he'd show it on the field. His second contract with the Jets, maybe he wasn't back to all pro level or as good as he was, but he was still a pretty damn good corner. I don't think if Rebus had ever somebody like a Mo Wilkerson who got the money and then just turned into a total, complete waste of space. Right, right. And let me ask you a question. Keith, is Darrell Revis a first ballot Hall of Famer? Uh, that's a good question. You know, that's a really good question because if you look at uh, his stats, if you bring Revis' stats up, you know, he's somebody that I, I do feel like the fact that he wasn't targeted as much as some other corners maybe in history. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yep. have those interception numbers other guys he, have. He like. doesn't. He only, he only has 29, but you know, the, like what you're saying now, like a lot of quarterbacks, I mean, quarterbacks from from 2007 to 15, they had a quarterback rating of 60 against him yeah, <laughs> all he, those years. And Mike, to be honest, and everyone knows, if you look at things in, in the proper context, there was entire years between 2008 and 2011 and 2012, teams just didn't throw the ball at Rebus. Yeah. They just didn't throw the ball at him. When we went to the playoffs in 2009, he had a year where they just didn't throw the ball at the guy. You know, every receiver he'd go up against that was somebody that we all knew was a top-level number one receiver in the league for years and years and years, besides a few isolated incidents, and of course, guys are going to make plays here and there. Nobody's perfect. In 2009, he has the highest single-season grade of any cornerback in NFL history. According to Pro Football Focus. Yeah, he pretty much had the greatest season any cornerback ever had. And if you look, yeah. if you go ahead and anyone Google that up and they look at the teams they played that year, it was everyone, everyone, that's when he got the Rebus Island name. Is because he went up against all these great receivers that year and shut them all down. Especially Chad Ontrosinko, who got embarrassed multiple times. But I mean, 90% of the time, he's shutting that guy down, Mike. I mean, seven Pro Bowls, four first team All Pros. Obviously, we know, yeah. we know the one Super Bowl that he won was with the, with the Patriots, which is, was tough to swallow, but he had about 500 tackles. I mean, he was active as a tackler, too. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, if you ask me. I think that his numbers maybe are a little bit misleading just because of how he didn't have as many targets as some other guys. I mean, he had 140 passes defended in his career, which is still a lot. So, uh, to right. me, he's first ballot, but I can understand to some people uh, how maybe he's not going to make it in that first ballot. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. So Revis just retired, Mike. For a lot of Jet fans, they do have kind of mixed feelings about him. The other three members of the core four from 2006-2007 drafts have all also recently retired. Of course, I'm talking about David Harris, Jabrika Shaw Ferguson, Nick Mangold, and Darrell Revis would make up the fourth. 2007, we yep. drafted Revis and we drafted Harris. In 2006, we drafted Jabrika Shaw Ferguson and we drafted Mangold. I mean, all four guys, Mike, meant so much to the team. I mean, Mangold made seven Pro Bowls. Brick made three Pro Bowls. Like we said, Revis made seven Pro Bowls. Harris was an alternate one time. Mangled was a first team all pro a bunch of times. I mean, I'm telling you, and that were those were the golden years. You know, we had a lot of a lot of success. Where you know, I know it ain't easy being green, but uh, you know, it was a little easier back then with those type yeah, of yeah, guys. Sure, that's true. I mean, we that, that we had a nice little run there with Rex, and there was some good drafts right before too. Um, but I mean, Harris, I think too, is one of the more underrated players for a really long time. He'd always be a, like a perennial almost Pro Bowl guy, and then wouldn't make it. Yeah, you know, he was kind of. And he, I know he played last year with the Patriots and didn't really play that much, but uh, you know, I really liked Harris a lot and Brick and Mangled. And Mangled's my Mangled's my sister's favorite player too. It was an exciting time then, just like it's an exciting time now, and that's why we're this podcast right now. And I'm just really excited to be doing this podcast with you. And and we had a lot of success on social media. By the way, we I don't think we've shared any of our social media info 
You could follow us on Twitter at AEBG dot underscore podcast. Uh, on Instagram, you could follow us at Jet dot AEBG. And on Facebook, you could follow AEBG dot Jets Radio. So we appreciate it. We, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And we love going back and forth about the team with all the Jet fans. And uh, it's it's been real good, man. As we decided to debut ourselves with the world, Mike, there are our names to the hat of the Jet Podcast world. It seems like other people are trying to copycat us. I don't know how to say it, Mike. I don't want to I don't want to phrase this the wrong <laughs> way. Because I have respect for everyone. I have respect for all Jet fans. Uh, I really, really do. And like I said, when you when you're out and about in the world... You can be any part of this country, any part of this universe. If you see that person with that jet hat on or that jersey, that jersey or that t-shirt, you don't have to even speak to each other. It's unspoken, unspoken connection. But there is some fans that maybe becoming a jet fan, they caught on a little late. Maybe they weren't always a jet fan. I heard Mr. Firemanette is starting up a podcast and or is on going to be on a podcast. Absolutely. And like I have tons of respect for Fireman Ed. He's a fireman. I don't know where he was a fireman, but if you're a fireman, then you have... A lot of people in my family serve that profession uh, very nobly, so I respect that very much. I know he does a lot of, with charities, and I'm sure he's a great guy, Fireman Ed. But I also know some other well-known fact of Fireman Ed is that his high school yearbook photo, he has on a dolphin sweatshirt. What? What the f***? <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> oh, thing. people people have been ripping him for that for years, know, man. So like, nothing new what we're saying. Not uncovering anything new, I totally understand. <laughs> totally get it. But I have a few other little factoids I want to throw at you. Oh, I mean, man. I got a lot of pub right around the end of the 2000s when the jet got good again. I saw his face everywhere. He was all over the place. 2009, 2010, 2011, we went 8-8. We weren't as good. It started sinking. And that, ironically enough, is when Fireman Ed decided to not go to the games anymore. Mike, is that, yeah, is that true? Uh, I, be- I, believe they, I believe they said that he, uh, he was being harassed and he wanted to get away from it. But uh, but uh, the Jets asked him back and he, he came back and he's uh, he's been working a lot with the with the foundation, the Big Brothers Big Sisters Foundation, different charities, working with different groups uh, um, for the Jets, and uh, and he's done a lot in the community. So hats off to him, and you know he leads the chants. He you know at the game, and uh, you know. I don't know, man. I know me and you, we've been fans our entire life. Maybe he liked the Dolphins. But hey, he's here with us now and part of the team moving forward, you know? Now, I'm going to let everyone who's listening a little behind the scenes. I see what happened, Mike. I see this. You allow me to put myself out there, be the one to bash him. And you're going to, you, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say nothing bad. I will say one thing. Fireman Ed is, this is not your game, all right? This is where I'm Fireman Ed. Okay, Mike, so New York Jets training camp started up. As we know, a little bit of drama at the beginning there. We didn't have our boy Sam. Now everybody's happy. Kumbaya. This is lovely. A few interesting notes that we have going on, Mike. Uh, some former players are being interns. Derek Alexander, yep. Randy Starks, which is kind of cool. Um, Randy yeah. Starks, if you remember, as a member of the Dolphins, intercepted two Mark Sanchez passes the final game of the season. That's why I, when I hear that name, Starks, even John Starks now, I think of Sanchez interceptions. I don't want to do this. It's always connected to it forever now. And Mike, like most teams, some interesting positional battles going on with the Jets. Yes. I, think, I think the spotlight, Mike, will be the most, uh, I mean, the spotlight and everyone will be focused the most on the quarterback position for obvious reasons, for the guys that we have there, for the person that we just drafted. But there is some, and we'll get to that last, maybe there is some other positions like wide receiver, namely, um, some defensive spots that also have some guys that are vying for positions. So, Mike, what do you think? What do you think is the 
the, the, the biggest gray area on the Jets when it comes to defining the roles of the team going into next year? Well, defensive end is going to be a battle. Defensive end is going to be a battle because we already got Leo. We know he's going to be a starter. So far from what we're hearing at camp, he's been completely unstoppable. I really do think this is going to be his breakout year. And then we've got McClendon. Uh, um, as a run stopper. You know, the other defensive end we've got between Henry Anderson, who comes from the Colts. He played two years before uh, this year. But the thing is, is that they weren't utilized the way they should have with using a 4-3 defensive scheme. He fits better in a 3-4 scheme. And supposedly today, I haven't heard a lot about him at camp yet, but today, supposedly, he's had a good day. And then and the other guy that's going to be going for that starting spot is Nathan Shepard. I'm going to tell you right now, this guy is making some noise at camp. And- Can you please, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Can you please let everyone know, the listeners, what his camp nickname has been so far? It's brief, but what's the nickname, Mike? They've been calling him the Canadian Thanos. In time, you will know what it's like to lose. Nathan Shepard, this guy is raw and nasty. Reddit. Run from it. Destiny still arrives. That big boy in the middle that we need. Big, big, big boy in the boy in the middle. Six five three fifteen. <laughs> I definitely believe he's a lot more pro ready than a lot of people think. This got heavy hands. He's quick off the ball. He stays low, and he's got a great drive. Does put a smile on my face. <laughs> If any of our listeners are not familiar with Thanos, don't worry about it. Uh, just, just picture an all-powerful being, <laughs> and that's pretty much what they're saying that he is. And it seems like early reports are that Mike that he's ridiculously strong. He's beasting on he's the line, bre- freak athlete, all those bre- type of things. Yeah, very strong. He's been breaking through the line. He would have had a couple of sacks, but at this time they're not actually, you know, tackling anybody or, or you know, hitting the quarterbacks or whatever. Yeah. But uh, he's de- the one comment is he's already shown that he belongs in the NFL, no question. So it's going to be interesting to see the di- battle between both Nathan Shepard and Henry Anderson. Um, as you alluded to before, the wide receivers are going to be a Big time competition, and uh, it's been refreshing to hear that our Darius Stewart is looking a lot better in camp. He struggled in the spring. We know he got suspended for PEDs. You know he didn't really do anything last year, but so far uh, through four days of camp, he's really been uh, executing on plays and doing well. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater hit him with a touchdown, I think, yesterday, and uh, it's good to see him doing that. We also know that. Um, we have Han- uh, Chad Hansen. Quincy had a great day today uh, running. Well, see, Mike, would you agree with me that Robbie Anderson pretty much right now is the number one by default? Quincy wasn't there last year. He had almost 1,000 yards. Robbie was pretty good. The for the Jets is you have Robbie Anderson, Anua, and Curse as the one, two, three. And then you figure That's out. Right. And then you figure out between Hanson, Pryor, and Stewart kind of what the next three spots are. Right. So they're probably going to keep five. Like you said, it's going to be Robbie, Quincy, Curse. And then it's going to be Pryor, Hanson, and maybe Stewart. If they keep six, maybe. You know, I'm sorry, Cherokee Peak. He's not going to make it, um, you know, most likely. But that that's the six that we're probably looking at if they decide to keep six. But Stewart's really going to have to show that he's worth playing on this team. And I'm going to tell you, Keith, I would not be surprised from what I've been reading if uh, Hanson ends up being wide receiver number three when it's all said and done at the end of the season. That's what I heard. I mean, he's been pushing these guys all summer long. And I do think that he's going to have a spot on this team. Uh, going into next year because like you said he bulked up he already had pretty good hands when you have a guy like Anderson who can really take the top off the defense Anua is kind of that tweener very unique shaped wide receiver 
curse, good possession wide receiver. Yeah. A guy like Hanson, he could be an afterthought, you know, and a guy you can nail for a pass if you're sure-handed. He might be open often. Well, yep, and uh, let me tell you something else, Not just to switch topics real quick. Perry Nickerson was playing with the first-team defense today, by the well, way. Did you know that? Oh, you're excited about that because you, no, you want no yeah. part of Buster Screen. <laughs> no, but and Buster I tell you, Cagnan's looking at Buster Screen's contract like, really, really, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, God, Perry, Perry has been killing it in camp. He's another one. Him and Shepard on the defense have been, and 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 another guy that we took last year in the sixth round, and his name has not been brought up or anything. Is Derek Jones? Do you remember him when we took him? I remember the draft pick. Yeah, I don't remember him playing yeah. last year though. Bro, he's had three interceptions in camp already. Two, two or three interceptions already in camp, and uh, they say that he is really picking up on on uh, on the schemes, and he's been covering the number one receivers in Robbie and Quincy very well. So what? keep your eye on that guy. Yeah, Jones. Derek yeah. Jones. And then uh, at tight end, right now, um, our Herndon seems to be the best combination of blocker catcher at tight end. And Eric Tomlinson is, has so far, I can't yeah. perform the best. I think Leggett may get cut, man. I'm being if honest. Anyone, he, he, if anyone knows or is familiar with Chris Stapleton, like down in Texas, I'm sure many people are, a country singer from Kentucky, he looks just like Tomlinson. They're, they're clones of one another. I do. I, Leggett might get cut, though. I mean, if the, if the rookie is equivalent to him and he's a rookie, then you're going to go yeah. ahead. I mean, Leggett didn't really do anything to establish himself last year. I don't remember him getting much time as the year went on at all. Not that we really yeah. employed a tight end. We really didn't. But Or the year before, we really didn't do that either. But uh, it, it seems like that in the NFL, except for like six or seven teams, has become a bit of a lost position or kind of a gray area with a lot of teams, like the tight end position. Yep. And uh, the one thing that was really hurting a lot of Jet fans was, we, as we know, Sam Darnold wasn't at camp. But the other thing was that the quarterbacks have not been playing well. Teddy hasn't been playing well. McCown hasn't been playing well at camp. And everybody's just sitting there like, man, if Sam was here, he could be capitalizing on this poor play, getting more time with the ones. And, you know, the quarterback position obviously is going to be the biggest topic of this entire camp. Everybody's going to be talking about it. You know, the moment the decision is made, it'll be blasted all over NFL Live and ESPN and every other every other platform, sports platform you want to talk sure. about. But you got you got the guys, you got Teddy Bridgewater in his third year. He has a career rating of 86.3. He was rookie of the year and he made a Pro Bowl. His two years that he played, he had 14 touchdowns, 12 ints as a rookie, 14 touchdowns, 9 ints in his second year. And that year he made a Pro Bowl. I don't know how he did that. Um, and he made the postseason. So that he got hurt and he hasn't played and now he's getting a second chance so um we'll see what he does and then you got josh mccown with an 80.8 career passer rating and this guy was drafted back 2002 yeah. as on a card yeah man. Year, and, but he's like, his qb rating last year i think was around 93 though that's right it was uh yeah 93 or 90 yeah right about that but that's who sam's gonna go against and here's the thing jeremy bates is our new uh, um our new offensive coordinator and he runs a West, style, a West Coast style passing game. Um, that passing scheme relies on concepts of excellent ball control, short passing plays, which rely on accuracy and timing between the QB and wide receiver, which was why it was a big problem for Sam being out because his timing that he needs to get with his receivers is Absolutely. paramount yeah. to, 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 a, to a West Coast offense, right? 
Yeah, it needs so, to be. It needs to just be uh, body language and those type of things when you're out there getting those reps in over and over and over again. It just becomes shorthand, like second nature to everybody's quarterbacks, wide receivers, and when you're not getting in with them, there's no way to replace that. That's why I was so happy they got him in there today, and I'm so happy that he's going to be in camp getting the reps, Mike. Someone like him who's so young, every every single rep counts. That's right. And say, hey, and he had 20 reps with the. Um, he had 20 reps total. 10 with the first team. McCown had 23 reps all with the first team and Bridgewater had 33 reps and there were none with the first team. But Bowles said today, you know, they were pressing him and they were like, who's who's uh, going to start? Yeah. Who's going to start? And he said right now, Josh McCown is the uh, is the starter and and uh, Sam and or Br- uh, Teddy and Sam or Teddy need to take it from him. Yeah, I mean, so. and that makes sense. And that's the best way to go about it. That's just the most logical right. way to go through this process and figure out. I mean, we all know who is going to be the starter, but that doesn't mean he needs to be the first game starter. Doesn't mean you need to rush him this next month just so he starts week one. That doesn't make any sense to do that. You know, if we want him to be around for a long time and to be our guy for a long time and to hopefully carry us to glory for years and years to come, Mike, if that's what we want, then we need to be patient, not rush anything. I know the year that we had Sanchez, he was obviously the best option to start. It wasn't any, anything close. We didn't have really a McCown or uh, a Bridgewater on the team. But in this case, this year, I do think that if he is the best quarterback when you come out of camp or he's close enough, just start him. I get it. But Yeah, if, that's right. If you still think he's behind or you still think he has some growing pains to go through um, and so far as the film room goes or the practice field, then just have him get those reps out there and don't put him in the game and risk any, any type of injury or uh, kind of ruining him before he even gets a chance to really figure out how good he is. I completely agree. Look, have him earn the job. If he's not ready, he's not ready. We're not, we're not, this isn't a race right now. This is about developing a quarterback, but it is important that he gets live game action. He gets to understand, to read defenses, run a two minute drill, run a four minute drill, be able to work with his team as a rookie so that he can build on that moving forward. And uh, I'm very very much like we're going to be seeing him play here in the next less than two weeks for a preseason game. He'll have the the green and white scrimmage is is this weekend, this Saturday. Yeah, so it'll be, uh, you know, we'll see what he does there. You know, I'm just looking to see him grow. If he takes the, he comes to the week one starter, Monday Night Football, baby. Woo! Jets. Oh, Woo! I'm already getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. Now, is there any, is there, <laughs> I know, man. Is there any other spots, Mike, you think there's any big time battles? I mean, as we move forward, unfortunately, we do have most of the offensive linemen spots locked down, even though the guys are not that good. There really wow. isn't a battle at many of the spots, which is sad. I wish there was, but there's not. Uh, well, let me tell you. At run, there's two two spots that I'll tell you. Um, outside linebacker, Dylan Donahue yeah, and Lorenzo Malden. Lorenzo Malden have a lot to prove. And one of those Malden two. Malden might get cut. Malden might get cut or Donahue might yeah. get cut. Right now, the Kevin Pierre-Louis also has been doing well um, as the outside linebacker. And from the way it seems right now, Lorenzo Malden with his injury issues and Dylan Donahue with his DWI. Keith, did you you did hear about what he oh, did, I right? Did hear Dylan about Donahue? Yes, yes. <laughs> that must have been fun. Hey! Put your window down! Was it the Lincoln Tunnel? It was the Lincoln When I read that, I, I was like, no, this guy. How do you go the wrong way? What? You're going the wrong way! Way up the There's no, it's not easy to pull that off. It's not. <laughs> he says we're going the wrong way. And I think he, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
Anyway, anyway, he must have been on. Those two guys are really going to be fighting for a spot. And then it's the running backs. Unfortunately, we had Elijah yeah. McGuire get hurt. He's out for three to six weeks. He'll be, he'll be back. He'll be back. Um, I think that Isaiah Crowell and uh, Bilal Powell have the starting gigs locked up yeah, as yeah. far as the pass catcher. And, and then it's going to come down to, to Thomas Rawls and uh, and then George George Atkinson. Yes. Yeah, so we he, we just brought him on uh, because Elijah's got hurt. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Rawls has been doing good at camp. There's two days where he did really well. Today he had a fumble. So um, you do never know. And in, in, in certain bursts when he was with Seattle, he wasn't that bad. Uh, I I think with the Jets, like you said, though, we do know who the guys are going to get most of the carries are to start the season, at least. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be Crowell, it's going to be Bilal, and then if there's injuries or anything like that, Rawls isn't a bad guy to have down there on the depth chart, and it's just a shame that we're not going to get to see McGuire. Three to six weeks. He, he'll be back. George Atkinson, who we signed, he's probably going to be waived or go to the practice squad. You know, he he's just a guy there for depth, but, uh, Ra- you know, Rawls is really going to have to show what he has. Uh, you know what? I think, I think he's shown an ability to produce, and, uh, and I believe in Thomas, and I think he's going to do great. Uh, 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 don't be surprised he uh, he does better than you think. All right, Mike. Well, what'll be exciting is to see what goes on the rest of this week in camp. By the time we do this again next week, to see what develops with some of these positional battles, to see if anything comes out of these quarterback situation, the running back situation. Like we said, that probably is kind of locked down, but there is a lot up in the air. I mean, a lot of people don't look at the Jets roster as one of the more talented rosters in the league, and I understand why. But I think they're gonna do, and I think they are a little bit better than people give them credit for. And that's why this preseason to me is very, very important for them moving forward. It's extremely important for them moving forward. We have to establish our special teams, Trenton Cannon, you know, a return in punts. We got to figure out who's going to be doing that. You know, we have to make sure that our offensive line is, is, is right. We have to make sure Shell uh, is going to be able to t- take that right tackle and, and, and beat him at the left tackle. Uh, L- Spencer Long supposedly has been looking great at camp. So, uh, you know, Going forward this week, we got two more practices, and then we got the green and white scrimmage. We're in pads. I'd like to see more out of Sam Darnold. I like to see more out of Henry Anderson, uh, and 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 uh, and more out of either Dylan Donahue or Lorenzo Malden because you know one of the biggest things that we're missing is a pass rush. And uh, if we could just get a pass rush, and I'm gonna tell you this, we may end up trading Teddy Bridgewater for some talent i don't know if it's going to be a it probably is going to be a fourth round pick conditional maybe turn third round that's what i'm thinking right now but um if we could trade teddy to go get you know a dante fowler i mean i know that's That's a rumor that's been talked about i don't know if bradford went for pretty hefty price considering you know how good he was prior to that and i think teddy Teddy bridgewater's in a similar spot so say a quarterback gets hurt uh, ironically it was teddy bridgewater that got hurt when that happened but if a quarterback gets hurt yeah. and goes down before the year starts and the team that's ready to win now, I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater is the answer, but you do know that he's a decent game manager, isn't going to kill you, he doesn't really turn the ball over. At least in the past, with injuries, things could be different now. He's someone that could come in maybe to a team that's not that bad and they'd give you something for him. Dante Fowler sounds a little, that might be a little unrealistic, but hey, man, if, if, if that happened, I would, you know, I don't even know how, that'd be insane to be able to get him. But Oh, yeah. If they could get anything for him, then it ends up being a really, really smart move by McCagney because then you just paid him basically for a month or two, and the other team's going to pick up the rest of that guaranteed money in the contract, and then you're going to get something back for him. So that would be that would be another that would be a really good move by Mikey Mack. So Mike, another 
AEBG podcast is in the books. More Jet Love was thrown out there into the universe by me and you, by this team that we love so dearly. Hopefully, Mike, we're on the right track. We got our boy in camp now. If anybody wants to get at us, listen to us, get in contact with us on social media, Mike, where would they do that? Well, you could follow us on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast. You could check us out on Instagram at jet.aebg. And check, check out our Facebook page at aebg.jetsradio. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're all over the place. And yeah. we really appreciate your time as we follow this team in a new direction on the road to it hopefully being a lot easier <laughs> being green. Absolutely, Mike. I agree with you. And just like, you know, just like they say, before that big old tsunami comes and wipes out the shoreline, very, very slowly that water creeps out into the ocean you don't see it coming but that's us mike right now we're building we just started out we're on itunes right we're on stitcher we're on soundcloud we might be other places even bigger than that soon you do never know there is things in the works eventually this tsunami known as the aebg podcast will take over the media world and the media capital of the world when it comes to new york jets i want to sign out on behalf of my colleague michael garris my name is keith farrell we'll get back at everybody else next week peace out guys are you ready the New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Very passionate. Bird, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. I want a number believer. <laughs>